really until you know your identity in Christ, you know, you really can't move forward in what it is that God has you to do because you'll always be going back to that broken place. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson, and today I have on the phone lines Shelley Bishop. She's founder and leader of the House of the Living God in North Georgia, a place called Mineral Bluff. And she's also founder and leader of the CityGate Freedom Place in McKaysville, Georgia. She's an apostolic leader and teacher and an author. We're going to talk to her about her book that's just come out. And she's also director of the House of the Living God Healing Room, which I always find interesting. So perhaps we'll get into that topic a little bit. So Shelley's book is called The Position of Your Heart and the Healing of a Nation. Shelley, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. Now, before we get into the topic of your book, I'm sure that people would like to know more about your ministry and how you got into it. Would you share that with us? I would. I've always just had a desire to do something for the Lord, but really didn't know what that meant. You know, I was raised a Baptist and got into the Church of God growing up, and then the Lord actually called me when I was 50 years old to start a church. And of course, I thought he was playing a, a, a joke on me at the time and <laughs> didn't necessarily want to do it. Um, you know, didn't have a desire. It wasn't like I grew up thinking I'm going to be a preacher when I grow up. You know, I never had that desire, even though I had a desire to serve him. So it was very interesting. You know, it, it did challenge me, you might say. So, mm-hmm. Yes, I've known different pastors who've started out Uh, the ministry very late in life. Like uh, the pastor that I grew up with, he used to be a Sears repairman for TVs, and uh, God called him into the ministry late in life. So that was quite a switch for him. But then he ended up in our church for like 25 years. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you just never know what's going to happen. No, you don't. And that's the thing, you know, it's just being obedient to the Lord, learning to, to hear his voice, and then just being obedient to whatever it is that he calls you to do. Right. So I said that you were uh, the leader of the House of the Living God and City Gate Freedom Place. What's the difference between those two? Well, we started off with the church. Um, I think that was 2013 when we actually started off with the church, and we didn't have a name for it. We went for a while, and it's kind of like a kind of like a home church. And the Lord gave me a vision one night and woke me up and just said that he still raised the dead. He still healed people, and he wanted me to bring his people to the house of the living God. Hmm. And so, and he also said, because God's not dead. And that was the, I think it was the week that the God's Not Dead movie came out. Yeah, so that's a very was, popular that movie. pretty significant, Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so we started off there, just a home church, just training and equipping people and and trying to get people healed and set free. And then um, a couple years ago, we actually moved downtown into a a bigger building. And, you know, we just felt like the Lord was just opening that up for us. And so we have an outreach there. We have a community closet so we can provide clothes for people who need clothes and then a little cafe Um, and then also um, you know we do bible studies there and stuff like that so 
So what is the meaning of CityGate Freedom Place? Well, CityGate, I'm aligned with CityGate Atlanta, and um, so that's where the CityGate comes from. And, of course, you know, when you read in the Bible, a lot of things were done at the CityGate. That's where the ecclesia met. That's where the people gathered together, you know, and made decisions for the city um, as far as who comes in, who goes out, that kind of thing. And so uh, the Freedom Place is just, that's exactly what it is. We want people to be set free and set them on fire for God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, with the House of the Living God, you also have a healing room, and you're director of the healing room. And and how does that work in your space? Um, well, right now we're doing appointments, you know, where people call, and then they come in, and the the church is more private. It's smaller, but it's more private, and it's kind of out in the woods. We're in a small rural area here in uh, North Georgia Mountains, so they can come here and, you know, we will set up an appointment with them and then we will lead them through healing and deliverance, you know, whatever it is that they need. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it sounds like you have a wide-ranging ministry and God has now got you into writing a book. <laughs> Were you surprised by that? Well, I knew there was a book in me, but I didn't mm. know if it would ever come out. And so I've started writing in a newspaper, the local newspaper, about four or five years ago. And I wrote a a weekly column, just a religious column. It was, it started off just to encourage people and help people kind of discover their identity. And then when COVID hit, the newspaper shut down. And Uh so I thought, well, what am I going to do with my writing time? Because I had time that I had allotted, you know, just for that in my busy schedule, you know, and so um, I felt like the Lord was saying that you need to write that book, and so um, just a few months ago, I did, I kind of toyed around with it, and played around with it a little bit, did a little, but I didn't really, first of all, I've never written a book, so I didn't have any idea how to do it, I didn't know how to format it, I didn't know how to, to do any of that, and so um, the Lord just put people in my path to show me, you know, exactly what to do, and it just worked. That's all I can tell you. I don't know. Um, You know, it it wasn't necessarily an easy thing. I know people that have written a lot of books. Maybe it's easy to them, but when you're doing it for the very first time, you know, I didn't know the simple things as far as what to do. So all I can say is God did it because I had no idea how to do it, but uh, with his help. Well, it's a learning process, isn't it? Yeah. And if you're doing something for the first time, you need a few people who've uh, done it before to show you. So your book is called The Position of Your Heart and the Healing of a Nation. Now, that's kind of interesting to me because you're talking about the personal relationship with God as well as the healing that our nation needs. And of course, that's no surprise to anyone listening. But why do you think the personal and the national should be linked in in this title, in your book, in reality? How are they connected? Well, I believe that as we step into our role, you know, get healed, get, get before the Lord, and as we step into our role and our position that God has given us, that the nation will be healed. Because it's individually, yes, but each individual comes together, then it becomes corporate. And so, you know, that was also 
you know, what the Lord had shown me, I didn't really want to put that on the book, be honest about it. I, the, I knew the position of the heart was the title of the book because the Lord had shown me that. And I had taught on that about three or four years ago for months. And we walked through, you know, all of those issues that we all deal with, you know, just like in the book, the offense, the anger, the rejection, you know, the not knowing your identity, all of that. We walked through every one of those as the Lord led us. You know, but when he woke me up one morning, he said it was the healing of a nation. I was like, I can't put that on a book. I mean, that's just <laughs> too big for me. You know what I'm saying? And so, well, it is big, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so, but as the Lord started showing me, you know, he says, if my people, you know, if my people will pray. And so that's really what it is. If, if we get healed, you know, then the nation gets healed. And so I believe it does start with us individually, you know, have a lot of people that come in to the church, you know, they come in the healing room and say, for an example, they want, they're talking about Jezebel, you know, or some uh, principality or something. And and I'm like, you know what, you want to get Jezebel out of your region, get Jezebel out of yourself first. Mm. You know, so we have to look in their mirror and say, okay, what is it, God, that's in me that I'm carrying? you know, that I'm holding on to that is not of you, and then we have to give it to God, you know, and as we do that, then we will see our region, you know, we'll see our family get healed, we'll see our region get healed, and then we'll see our nation get healed. Well, it does start with the individual, doesn't it, and then maximizes out from there. Now, you talk about identity in this book a fair amount, and it struck me on uh, actually on page 39, you, you say that understanding your identity radically changed your life. So how did that come about? Well, I was very shy growing up. I mean, I grew up in a large family. There were six of us kids. I was in a broken home. My mom and dad were divorced when I was a young uh, child. So I had a lot of rejection issues to deal with, a lot of insecurities. I didn't like people that much, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't really a people person. Mm -hmm. I was more, I just stayed to myself a lot. So, you know, I had a lot of things, a lot of rejection and things like that, that I had to deal with on my own. And and really, until you know your identity in Christ, you know, you really can't move forward in what it is that God has you to do, because you'll always be going back to that broken place. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so true. You've got to have your healing first. And maybe that's why you started a healing room, too. (laughs) Maybe so, yeah. One other area where we experience maybe rejection or identity issues, it kind of ties in, is offense. You have a chapter dedicated to, you know, how easy it is to feel offended by other people. And what do we do when we're offended by someone? And sometimes, oftentimes, it's a fellow believer. So what's the risk of carrying around that kind of offense in our hearts? Um, I think that you become bitter. You know, if you, ho- if you hold on to it long enough, you'll become bitter and angry. And, you know, it leads to a lot of different things. I mean, it can even lead to murder. I think if you harbor it long enough, it might not be a physical, you know, murder, but but where you just totally cast somebody out of your life and they may be somebody that God placed in your life, but because you didn't like the way they responded to something or they didn't respond, then you get offended about it. 
And then that person doesn't even know. A lot of times they don't even know what your problem is. They don't even know you're mad. They don't even know you've got this issue with them. But you've got this big gaping hole in your heart, you know, and then it just becomes a big major issue. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the heart earlier, and there was one quote that I wrote down, how you position your heart toward God will determine how God positions his heart toward you. Talk about that a little bit, would you? Well, when I first started teaching on this, the Lord actually gave me a vision, and the vision was him with his hands holding my heart. And so I said, what's that about, Lord? And he said, I want you to talk, you know, to, t- to teach on the position of your heart. And I asked the question, well, what position do you want my heart in? Because mm-hmm. I didn't really know. And I was thinking he was talking about the condition of my heart. I'm just like, you know the condition of my heart, Lord. You know everything about me. But, you know, when we position our heart in the hands of God, then he can he can mold it, you know, he can shape it, he can heal it, uh, you know, he can touch all those broken places and bring healing and wholeness, you know, like nothing else can. I mean, that's really our only hope, our only answer that we have. It's a surrendering of ourself and a surrendering of our heart to God in a real way. And speaking of surrendering the self, you have another chapter that has an interesting title, a false gospel of self. Tell us about that. A lot of times that we, we lift ourselves up, you know, instead of lifting up God. And I think even actually like the New Age, if you think of the New Age movement, um, you know, it's all about making yourself feel good. And, and even society as a whole, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of that. If it feels good, I can do that because that's what I want to do. And so it's all about just making yourself feel good. And so that's elevating yourself to a God of some sort, which is really no God at all. So, so yeah, that's, that becomes a big issue and a major problem in our society today. Well, we can, if we're not careful, get a little narcissistic even. You know, some people really struggle Absolutely. with that. And then you struggle with empathy, with not being able to put yourself in the shoes of someone else. And it becomes all about you, right? Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a balancing act. You know, really, we have to find that place. You know, we don't want to lift ourselves high, but we don't want to take ourselves too low either. So, you know, with God, we can find that perfect balance and that perfect place where we walk in a spirit of confidence, a spirit, you know, of boldness, but yet we have a spirit of humility at the same time. Yes, that's where dying to self comes in, right? Yes. Well, that's certainly a key part of the Christian walk, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. Well, um, towards the end of the book, you say, tell the enemy we're coming and heaven's coming with us. What did you actually mean by that? (laughs) So that was something that the Lord just brought to the forefront with us in our little group that we have. And, you know, we, we, a lot of times that same thing, we don't know who we are, you know, in Christ. So we don't do what God wants us to do. You know, we walk in fear, we walk in insecurity and rejection. And I don't believe that's the way God wants us to walk. I don't think he wants us to walk in, in boldness, you know, and have a, just a, uh, an attitude where not, not arrogance, don't get me wrong, 
but a confidence in knowing who we are. See, if we really believe what the Word of God says, and we really believe this Christian walk that we're walking, then we should be confident enough to say, you know, to the enemy, you know, he's under our feet, right? You're going to go. You're not going to do this. You know, you're not going to harass my my family or my friend or myself or whatever the situation is instead of cowering back because the enemy always works off of intimidation and manipulation. You know, he's a bully. Satan comes in as a bully, just like a bully at school. You know, he's going to he's going to manipulate you. He's going to try and intimidate you. And as a child of God, if I know who I am in Christ and I'm a child of God and I believe what the word says, then we should walk with confidence. You know, when when I when God first highlighted that to me, and it was through a song actually that Judy Jacobs was singing, and then it was through a prophetic dream that someone at our church had that that phrase came up, and I was like, I don't want to tell the enemy that I'm coming. I want to fly under the radar. You know what I'm saying? And so, mm-hmm. but but that's not the way God wants us to be. God, we should walk in confidence, knowing that God is in control, that he has the final say, that he has the last word in whatever's being done. You know, when I was growing up, I I grew up in a church that never taught anything about the authority of the believer. Do you think that's something that the church is not communicating to its body? Well, for me personally, I was never taught that either. I did not understand Mm -hmm. that and learn that until until I started the church and I had people I had mentors I had leaders that had to teach me because I didn't understand that either so I think probably as a whole yes that that has been missed and we need to know the authority that we have we're supposed to have authority over the enemy that's what the word of Mm -hmm. God says but we don't walk in that most of the time you know we will let the enemy beat us down and that you know, I think that that's one reason that the church is in the shape that it's in. The, the nation is in the shape it's in because of the church has not walked in that. You know, what have we been taught? I've been taught my whole life. I grew up in church. I went to church as a child. You know, I grew up in church. I was taught we well, have to be nice. You know, for as a Christian, we have to be nice. We can't do this. We can't do that. You know, you can't you can't say that. You can't go here. You can't do that, you know, and a lot of times, and there's nothing wrong with being nice, don't get me wrong, but we can't do it at the sake of allowing the enemy to come in and take over. So, so you know, the enemy came in, and he has taken over. You know, he took over the education mountain, he's taken over the government mountain, he's taken over, you know, all of that. And so the whole time the church, we were sitting back being nice, waiting on the rapture to come. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, niceness is not a fruit of the Spirit, is it? No. <laughs> no, we do, we do have but, to be kind, patient. You know, we, we understand all that. But, yes. but not to the enemy, not when somebody's trying to kill you, not when somebody, you know, passivity never won a war. You know? mm, mm-hmm. Well, as I said, the second part of your book title is healing of a nation. Would you just talk to us a little bit about America right now and where we are? Well, as a nation, I believe that America, it's God's choice, you know, just like Israel. 
Um, it's a chosen nation. The gospel was supposed to go forth from this nation all around the world. That was what was originally said when they planted the cross. You know, when they first stepped foot in America, that's what it was that America would be a nation, you know, that ran after God. And so, you know, I, we haven't fulfilled that. You know, we've we've done some, yes, but America's in pretty bad shape right now. You know, we're losing all of this. We're having to, to run from behind to try and catch up because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't stand, you know, when we were supposed to. We didn't speak out when we were supposed to. You know, we've allowed the enemy, like I said, to come in and take over and now we're having to play catch up. You know, we're having to catch back up. I believe that there's a remnant rising. I believe that people are rising up, you know, now and stepping into their authority and taking their place in the kingdom of God. And that's really the whole purpose of this book. If I could just summarize it here in a nutshell would be that people would get healed and then that they would step out and do what God has called them to do, that they would become who God created them to be. Because we all have purpose. You know, you think you can't make a difference, but you can. One person can make a difference. And so we have to rise up individually, yes, but then we come together corporately, we rise up, and we become who God has created us to be. And we would be a mighty force to be reckoned with. You know, we would wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness if the church would do that. Well, that's a really good synopsis of your book. And we want to point people to uh, Amazon, and that's the best place to get Shelley Bishop's book, The Position of Your Heart and the Healing of a Nation. Uh, Shelley, would you mind closing us out in prayer? Sure. So, Father, we come to you right now, Lord, and we just ask everyone who's listening to this, at the sound of my voice, Father, that they would surrender their hearts to you. It doesn't matter how long they've walked with you. If they've walked with you 50 years, Father, or if they've walked with you one day, Lord, we ask God that they would surrender their hearts to you in a real way, that they would just be healed. Go in there, Father, and touch those broken places, Lord, in their heart. And then let them rise up, Lord, in the power and the authority that you have given them, Father, and let them become who you have created them to be, Father. Father God, and we pray for our nation, Lord. We pray for the nation of America, Father. We pray that she would fulfill her destiny and what you have called her to do, Lord, to be a beachhead for the gospel, Father. And we believe, God, is that as we, as we individually surrender our hearts to you, Lord, that we can make a difference. Each person can make a difference, Father. And they have a significant place in the kingdom of God, Lord, because you have created them that way, Lord. And I pray, Father, that eyes would be open to see, Lord, what it is that you have for them, God. And I pray, Father, that you would have mercy on us, Lord, and that this nation, God, would surrender to you as a whole, Father, and get back to our roots and what it is that you have created us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Shelley. We've been speaking with Shelley Bishop, 
founder and leader of the House of the Living God up there in North Georgia. And it's up there for us because uh-huh. we're in Central Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Shelley's book is The Position of Your Heart and the Healing of a Nation. You can get it on Amazon.com. Thank you so much, Shelley Bishop, for being with us today on Charisma Connection. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And it's been our delight. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. And be sure to check out cpnshows.com if you'd like to see all the new shows on our Charisma Podcast Network. I want to point you to another great interview show, and that's Along the Way with John Matarazzo. Along the Way on cpnshows.com. And thanks for listening today to Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 